British Strongman Podcast, episode 10. Today we've got Marcus Charman from Team Affinity. I've pronounced your name right, haven't I? You have, but it is just Affinity. Team Affinity is the hashtag that's attributed to us. Right, Affinity. So, right, well, tell me a little bit more about the name then. Where did the name come from? Uh, Affinity started 12 12 years ago. Um, I played different sports, but as I got into cricket, uh, I wanted to make my own cricket bat. I didn't need anything that was out there at the time. I wanted something that was a bit individual. Um, so it was a case of learning uh, and having a bit of a fettle with something called Salix alba Corellia, which is uh, a hybrid willow. Um, I learned the trade, uh, and within a very short space of time, someone had said to me, actually, you make quite a good, decent cricket bat. Um, so... A hobby turned into a little bit of a profession and that profession took me around the world um, made cricket bats for uh, test cricketers uh, IPL cricketers big bash cricketers and um, yeah so it was just turning the name of what was a hobby now a business into something that was true reflection of what it was and that was a love for so affinity seemed like a good name wow um, and how did you get into like the the strongman scene and the 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 strength scene? How did it all start for you? That was um, it's it's been fairly recent, really. When you think it's only been about three years ago since I I even touched any kit. Um, actually, it's been yeah, it's coming up three years since I walked into my first comp, and that was purely based off of team sports for me came to an end five five and a half years ago. I uh, just, I couldn't play to the level that I wanted to play at. And I didn't, and certainly felt no joy in just keep declining and declining. My body was starting to break down. Um, you know, bowling, bowling is, is painful enough. But some of the injuries that I'd sustained over the years from football in terms of major damage to my, my hip and my, um, my femur, ankle damage, uh, rib damage, collarbone, um, shoulders, uh, broken feet, broken ankles, broken wrists, broken you know fingers. So everything was starting to catch up. And someone, what, what position well, did you I, play football? Um, I always I enjoyed playing up top, uh, but my best position in terms of where I probably functioned the best was right wing. Um, and then towards the tail end, a few lads sort of stuck. You know, occasionally you'd you'd go at the back and um, just battered the shit out of people uh which was always fun but um no it was it was uh it wasn't something i would say i was very talented at it was something that i worked immensely hard at to get onto the starting 11 of some decent teams but um no cricket was the end a uh, couple of trophies you know in that final year uh and then waking up one morning i just wasn't you know all of a sudden i wasn't a sportsman anymore so had a little bit of a life wobble. Um, did did you reach a higher level in football or cricket? Which was your- uh, football. Football. Yeah, football. I was lucky enough to play in Australia. So um, yeah, so that was um, the setup at the time was just as like a league started, and you if you'd like to play for someone like Perth, you'd have had to play. Well, as in Perth Glory, you'd have had to be an Australian, um, and we're talking sort of like uh, you know mid to late nineties. That's how fucking old I am. Um, but uh, no, it's, it was a case of the cricket side of things. For the actual Saturday side, it was, it was okay. It's, it's, not, it's, you know, it's not sort of earing towards sort of minor counties, but in the touring side of cricket, that's where you end up playing with minor county players, even international players, um, which is more sort of like roaming and select 11s and things like that. I was lucky enough to play for the Getty 11 as well, which when you look through the list of players that have played that, it's not just, it's not just like your Viv Richards and your Ian Bothams. That's, you know, um, Elton John, Mick Jagger. Uh, it's elite. Yeah, so to actually join the ranks, I have my tie. I have my Getty 11 tie, which means that, you know, put that on with a blazer. I never have to, you know, pay to go into that ground again. And, you know, you're part of that history. So, um, which isn't bad considering I didn't touch a bat or a ball until I was 30 years of age. Brilliant. So um, the, the thing that I, li- I like about listening to you, work, like when when you're doing your uh, stuff on like Instagram Live and stuff, I like 
I like listening to um, the the values that you have about this um, about like consistency and failing and um, having like a winning mentality and be, being competitive. Um, and you, you said you had to 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 work, basically work your bollocks off to get get to that uh, starting eleven in football. Like, yeah. um, well, fail to start again. And, and then fail and then go somewhere else and you know I, I watched you, you all my mates. You, did you say you 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 were you, you you had to work hard at it to get to 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 I suppose get a break and get better? Yeah, and I, as I say, nat- natural talent wasn't wasn't at the forefront of what I had in terms of attributes, but in terms of work rate, um, tenacity, um, and then sort of after a while, a little bit of confidence came about, and it was. It was determined in terms of raw aggression as well. I, I, I wasn't there to fuck about. Um, I've always sort of said when people ask me, um, you know, I'd, I'd played with broken ribs. I'd played with a broken. I'd played with broke, two broken toes, um, and end up with four broken bones in my foot by the actual time I finished the game because my foot was snapping as I was running on it. Um, but it was a final. It was a case of you know it's it's done now. You know you've got time to recover. But you know my mentality at the time was I've worked so fucking hard to get these spots. I'm not giving them up. And even the lads. And it is lovely seeing like the lives at the moment. You know, and even guys I played with like 15 years ago, they still follow what I do. And watching like the Phil Wellmans and stuff like that still coming to the room and you know Matty Leeches and you know Morning Skip. And it's like really, it's it's it is nice. But at the same time, it's just like it's a bit strange because that person is a long, long time ago and I'm probably a little bit wiser now. Uh, my body certainly felt the impact of it, but no, it was, it was a case of, um, you graft, yeah. uh, as far as the boys, the boys were concerned at the time as well in, in what I asked of them. And it was the whole point of leading by example was that if it ain't bleeding or hanging off, you're fine. Crack the fuck on. Brilliant. So the, so the, the kind of mentality that you've kind of, uh, grown, within playing um team sports and stuff like what 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 would you say to the li- to the listeners who are who are maybe getting into strongman um and strength sports like who've maybe played sport when they were younger what kind of um what kind of stuff can can transfer from other sports because people people just think oh it's a lot of people think oh it's completely different like um the the physical requirements are completely different do you think uh, a lot of those ment- mental attributes um, can carry over to success? Without a shadow of a doubt, because it is on you. You may be involved in a team sport. You might have 10 other people, you know, sort of around you. But ultimately, it's down to that accountability. It's if you've got to take care of your end, if you drop the fucking ball, if you lower your work rate, then someone else has to pick up that slack if you were looking for, you know, if you're looking for a result. Um, the the understanding early on, I suppose cricket was always a good indicator as well for me because everyone looked at it, even I did as well, I just thought it was a fucking awful sport, but actually the competitiveness and the, the aggression in, in cricket is, is phenomenal. If you, you, know, you want to know exactly how brutal that can be, stand at the end of 22 yards and have five and a half, ounce, five and a half ounces of seamed skin-splitting leather fired at you at 90 mile an hour and then just see how fucking boring a game it is then as it's cracked your ribs or uh, broken your hand. Um, and the dude at the other end is mean in every fucking bit of it. He wants you out of the way. Um, but the the accountability part of it is knowing that do you know what I have to I have to put my end in here. I have to go all in. Uh, it's no different. No one lifts your bar. You know, no one no one fucking re racks for you. If you want to get it done, get it fucking done. Um, and that little mentality of being able to I call it crossing the line. Um, and that's not just that's not a, like an analogy for finishing anything. It's a it's it's each incremental part of something. It's just cross the line, get it done. Because each little you know increment is just like mental and physical evidence that something can be achieved. So you start small and then you build. You know, it's the same with the ticking boxes. All these little things are are little mentalisms that I've had because you, when you are involved in something like if it's football and you're tracking back and it's like the ninety fucking first minute you're one nil up and some dude's on a run, part of your body just wants to break if you've given everything you've got because you train for 90 minutes. But in your head, you've just got to think, well, I've done 90, so I've ticked that fucking box. I've got 90 fucking boxes. You've got one more in you. Go. And that's it. You track back, you chase the fucker down, and you just that's it. You cross the line. 
Um, that's the game one. And it's the same with things like this, is that it will test your soul. It will test your, your character. It will test your resolve. And that's what I like about it. The onus is on you, but every single thing that you do when you start, because we don't start strong, we start, you know, we start with a good mentality to be want to progress, but physically everything is laid out in front of us. If we're looking too far down the line, we're always going to find ourselves, you know, kind of feeling that we underachieve. But if we look upon it as like every single incremental change that I've made is ticking a box. Every single time that I've done that, I'm proving to myself I can cross the line. Every time that I approach something, no matter how hard it gets and something is laid out in front of me that is testing my fucking will, that says to me, I am struggling, my lungs are burning, this is fucking tearing my hands apart, I can feel the weight releasing, that's when you just got to dig deep and hopefully that evidence that you progress with, you know, of ticking those boxes, crossing their own, finally gets you a result and that's the bit that you accumulate over time. Um, but it's a fair test, that's what I like about it, it's fair. You get a reward based on your efforts. Brilliant. What would you, what would you say to people who are struggling at this test testing time at the minute with their, with their training and um, that have maybe got, got these goals of competing and they're, they're a little bit, bit upset that the, the competitions have been called off and they don't know when they're, they haven't got that, that kind of end goal has been like, that carrot that's been dangling has been taken away. What, what, do, what would you say to people who, who think you need a bit of motivation? What do you think? it's probably not going to come as any great comfort because it, it's similar stuff that I've heard at the moment in terms of the situation they use at the term, you know, the terminology is unprecedented. That in itself by definition gives an indication of exactly where we're at. And it means you have to have the wherewithal to say, right, okay, I need to apply common sense to what I'm doing because there is no fucking, there's no roadmap for this because it is fucking unprecedented. So, You've got to do what's right for you, knowing that the cause and effect of your, your actions then have an impact on others. If your training and your end goal has been taken away from you, but you still know roughly where you want to be, there is still nothing stopping you doing something. And that forward momentum of actually creating some form of fucking action is still there. That is just down on you. I've heard it too many times at the moment. And listen, I've been guilty of it. And this is why I say that, if you are going through a bit of a shit time of it, go, go fuck off into another room, take a knee. Have a little word with yourself. Fucking purge your soul, get out of your system, have a scream and shout, and then crack the fuck on. Because there is nothing that having a fucking tantrum or hissy fit is going to do that's going to get you a little bit closer. But what you can do, and like there's a few people that have sort of said, obviously because I'm involved in products and stuff like that, you know, I'll get that product when I'm back to the gym. You're not trained at the moment. No, I haven't got access to anything. What do you mean? Well, I don't have any kit, but you can still train. Have you not been doing any fitness? And you can't know, well, I'll just do it when I go to the gym. Well, you're fucked then, because it doesn't matter what gym you put that fucker in, he's, he's wasting everyone's fucking time anyway. Yeah, you can see, like, it's a, it's a, mi- a mindset thing with some people, isn't it? Like, yeah. uh, you know the crack, you train people. You know, the, the, the first thing you can do with any unit come through, I remember um, being, you know, crying out for some fucking big dude to walk into the place I started off in. And when he did come through the door, and you are going to get alpha to a point because the guy's, you know, 150 fucking kilos to my 110 at the time. But the first thing I did was once he got it out of his system is I just put him on the tricep pull down and just said, right, what we're going to do is we're going to start at the 110 and we're going to do 15 fucking reps all the way down, five increments time. And he said, you just hold the fuck on. Um, there's always a way to destroy someone and you can do it. Yes, you know, I mean, you, you could get a bigger guy now and hammer the fuck out of him rear delts with two and a half kilo pink dumbbells. Yeah, there's always a way to ruin someone. And that's the thing that I sort of took into this. Yeah, I am lucky I have this. But when I first set up out, you know, I put a thing up saying, well, what do you want me to train? I'll train with nothing but fucking bands and press-ups if necessary. Man, I was, I was cooked by the end of it. Okay, I can't do specific style of strength training, but I can still do something. I can make sure that I am conditioned well enough that when the opportunity then comes, I am in a fit state to fucking hit the ground running. You know, the one thing that hasn't been taken away from people and the onus is on them is the wherewithal, as I say, to get some fu- something fucking done. Yeah. I th- to be honest, that's, that's where I think where a lot of people are going to become unstuck 
the people who are in that mindset of, um, oh, I'm going to wait till the gym's back open and then get back yeah. to it. I, I, I predict that loads of people are going to get injured big time when they go back to yeah. the gym because they think it's like a switch. I'm going to pick up where I left off. Exactly, yeah. That It's just like, oh, well, I've, it'll take me a couple of weeks to get back to what I was lifting or whatever. Whereas, oh, <clears throat> to be fair, like a lot, a lot of the guys that I coach have been really open-minded to to an adaptable and versatile and they've really bought into the fact that we're going through a phase that isn't as exciting because we haven't got those like kind of dangling carrots that we that that comp that comp day for instance but they're really buying into the fact that they're going through an important phase where the the focus is building resilience and actually building like a baseline that they can that, that, that when the time is right that we can build more specific stuff for the we, we can we can bring more barbell work in or whatever like there's some guys that I coach you have literally got a band but this we're still getting some progressive uh stimulus in there each week like um so for the guys listening who are, are stuck with uh ideas of like like what they can do Stuff like um, <clears throat> for your lower body, we can go body weight squats, lunges, split squat, single leg deadlift. Um, upper body, we can go push ups. You can go handstands. You can go plank variations. There's loads of different press up variations that we can do. Um, yeah. If you can, if you can get your hand on like um, a band, you know, like a red resistance band, that's that's going to be fantastic for. Um, so, so we can get a bit of an upper back stimulus and re-adult stimulus from doing like say uh, banded face pull variations and stuff. And you only have to go on YouTube and uh, type in to get some, get some ideas. Um, and in terms of keep keeping something progressive, what we can do is um, the thing that I've been working on with a lot of my clients who are struggling with in terms of they don't have much equipment, um, <clears throat> things like varying tempo, um, slowing down the eccentric, um, slowing down concentric adding pauses in um, you, can, you can look at lifts that you, you might you might say for instance it, somebody like me for instance who can squat an all right amount of weight but I go and do a bodyweight squat and my bodyweight squat is absolutely shocking like yeah. um, my like similar to you like football injuries ankle injuries broken feet blah 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 so my ankle mobility is absolutely terrible so what I would be doing if I didn't have access to to kit, I, I would be I would be focusing on improving my ankle dorsiflexion range of motion and improving my foot yeah. stability. So then I can, uh, which will when I come back to squatting with the bar in however many weeks time or months time, I'm going to be I'm going to be a lot better, um, a lot better, better human and a, a lot better. How many people within competition, even by the end of the first year, are masking injuries, getting through the season as best they can? And using excuses to counter why things should or shouldn't be done. The truth of the matter is, this is probably if you are serious about what you're doing, and there's a really good example of the person that took the right mentality towards this as well. Then there is no greater time than now to find your weaknesses and bring your fucking minimum standard up. We always concentrate on pinnacle lifts, but the truth of the matter is, and I've been really guilty of it, but I was quite pleased that certain aspects of this has taught me do you know what now i can actually hone in on some of those weaknesses and address them at long last because i've got nowhere else to fucking run uh i've been masking it by you know trying to get those sort of bigger numbers up on bench and you know bigger numbers when it comes to strict press and stuff like that but the truth of the matter is there's certain basics are completely fucking forgotten again so i can bring all that up and you know when you look at someone that's in what is um you know, second stage of his second decade in strongman in, in Terry Holland, of where he's reworking his shoulders again and catching yeah. up on all the stuff that he should have been doing because he identifies he's got a flaw there and he admitted, admits on camera, do you know what, I've put it off for a while so I've got nowhere to go now, let's, let's fucking concentrate on it. That's, that's what you want to be hearing. That's what you want to be doing. What, what is, it we take, is, it, is it like what one side he struggles like locking out, doesn't they? And he's going um, I think I, I, I'd have to actually ask him, but when I'm looking at it, I, when you're looking at the sort of the rotator work, it's, you know yourself, the whole point of the reason why it's called a shoulder complex is because it is fucking complex and the amount of stuff yeah. running through it. 
So it obviously looks like there's been some form of impingement in the past. He's obviously with rugby as well. He's probably taken a knock. Um, that whole tilt is probably there. And therefore, something at that foundation stage might be able to open the joint up and then give it some you know, structure and some rebalance. If you ignore that for 10 years, press on it, build up you know, any form of misalignment when it comes through to muscle. Because that's all I've got to do. All I have to do is sit in here, get the wrong hand position on the bar and press for four weeks. And all of a sudden, I'll just have an absolutely knackered shoulder again because what I've done is I've completely ignored rear delts. My shoulder rotation has come through yeah. and I've trapped, I've trapped and pinned myself and I now can't press overhead at all. So, um, but no, the, the opportunity to work on weaknesses is there. And I think that's that, but it always boils that back to that word as well. It's that you know, accountability word. You know, what do I want? I want that. What do I really want to focus on? I really want the fucking sweeties at the end of it. The sweeties are the squat, bench, deadlift. I want the high numbers and stuff like that. But I don't want to do fucking banded lunges. I don't want to do sideways crabs, work adductors and stuff like that. It's horrible. But fuck it. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to swallow all the shit that I don't fucking normally want to get myself buried into. And I'm going to fucking own it in this time. So when I walk out of here, and I can walk out of here normally, you know, rather than dragging a fucking leg and looking like something out of fucking Sleepy Hollow, then... I'm going to get myself into a position of where I don't have a fucking weakness and my bottom line is brought all the way up because that's it. The progression, it's fine concentrating on massive lifts, but if you're not bringing up that bottom line, i.e. your foundation line, it's so fucking hard to build on that because if your tower just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, the chances are that that fucker will fall. Whereas if you can bring your foundation line higher, your buildings don't need to be as big, but you can build more on them. And that's, that is the basic premise of what strength is. You know, it's why I know there's certain things that, you know, I, I probably get under the skin of people because structurally it's not right for some people. But what I will do is if I'm building for a pinnacle lift, I will warm up. But say for, uh, for bench, my first sets of presses, once I've gone outside the bar, because I've conditioned myself for it, will start at 100. Because what I'm going to do is my brain will be automatically switched on that that is a fucking training weight, which it is, you know, by the time you've worked up to that, if you're aiming for 200. You know, I'm not going to waste energy on the way to the pinnacle lifts and getting, trying to get to the doubles. I will condition my wrists. I will make sure that they're done, make sure there's flexion. I should make sure I'm warm. But what I will do is I will work my way up so that my baseline is here, and then I should push off from there. The distance each time for each increment is roughly the same. Brilliant. Yeah, so got, um, going back to working the weaknesses and stuff, like per, per yeah. um to get to give uh, listeners who follow me on social media or whatever um an idea i've picked a couple of things that i'm like um because i was training training for a couple of like qualifying comps under 90 qualifying comps and stuff where basically you have to we're training the event specifically and it's quite yeah. intense and very specific whereas now i've like done like and this is what i recommend everybody everybody should do is like be honest with yourself do a needs analysis like if you did like a typical five event comp talking about strongman like where where would you get where would you get the most points where would you lose the most points where would you be where would you be lacking um and like i i do that do that with myself regularly and then that kind of di dictates my my training and uh, directs my training and i think so so for instance with me just putting it out there i've been um working my deadlift with a lot more a lot more volume a lot more frequency i hate it i don't enjoy it at all but it's a necessary evil um if you want if yeah. for people with my goals who want to succeed in in strongman so i've been doing that um front carries i love farmers i love i love yoke I feel very, very confident at moving with them for the level that I compete at and the weights that, that I use uh, and in terms of points that I get in a comp. But then come to a front carry, I've just, I just struggle to move with the same speed, get the coordination and stuff. So that's something that I'm training in my garden twice a week. It's the sort of thing that I don't, po don't post on social media because nobody's really interested in it. Look yeah, no one wants to see you walking around with a fucking flower tub, do they? But at the same time... Look like a twat, but, but I can feel like my, uh, my, my, uh, foot, my turnover speed, my, my footwork, um, my hip flexor feeling more explosive. Um, that's something that 
I know that if I go, if I got fruit, 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 thrown into a comp in the next month or something, I know that I would actually be a better athlete for what I've done over the last six weeks. I've done twice a week in the rain. Yeah. Can't can't be asked doing it ever. Boring. I'm shit at it. But but I make myself do it to to become more. uh, But isn't that isn't that the thing though? Isn't that the fucking aim? Be less shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. That's because what's the, what's the, what's what is the point of having these fucking brilliant pinnacle lifts? You know, it's the same as me last year. Body power. You know, I did a category. Granted, yeah, okay, I went into with an injury. I fucked myself up and I couldn't use one lung. That's that's a decent enough injury. But the truth of the matter is, I'll be honest enough to say it wouldn't have made a difference. My fucking medley carry event would have been shit anyway. My barrel carries are terrible. They really are. You know, I said statically. Um, the the Viking press I knew that I would uh, shine in my my strict press is is decent yeah um, um my deadlift especially awkward deadlift is always pretty fucking good although it's terrible at the moment because I've just sat in a car or been travelling for the best part of eight months and it, that needs work um, but I'd have lost that thing anyway you know but that's the thing if like you say if you mapped out right okay the next comp What's the one thing that goes in? Am I going to sit there and stick, you know, a medley in the in the mix and say, right, I'm going to really concentrate then on pressing again? No, I'm not. Fucking, my pressing takes care of itself. What I'm going to do is I'll keep that on maintenance, but I'll put the effort into the one thing and be less shit at it. Because yeah. I might only be able to make one point about being fucking excellent rather than good at the pressing, but I might be able to save myself five or fucking six by not being shit. Yeah, completely agree with that. Like, like so, so somebody with um, it, your strengths, for instance, could be could be drawn into the fact that, that oh, well, I, I enjoy training uh, strict press. I enjoy. Oh, I'll, I'll go and do some more Viking press because yeah. it, it makes you feel good. If if people people see you lifting in the gym and see see how good you are at putting weights over your head, like you, you feel that bit of a bit of a buzz, don't you? Whereas, well, it's an, e- it's an ego like, wank. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's an ego like I get caught between two worlds really in terms of um I have to be I have to look at the fact that my business dictates that I have to be active and I have to be also healthy and fit. Um also the issue that I will always have is because of my mentality that if I put myself into a position of where I'm gonna go and compete and I'm gonna put something on the line, my business is gonna go to fucking ruin because yeah. I know what I'm like. I will throw fucking everything out. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. You know, the expression is, you know, you don't fuck with half a cop. So it's either all in or you don't bother. So that's the that's the thing. So it is difficult at the moment, but the ego part does kick in a little bit, but there are still minimum standards to obtain. And that's why, you know, even for me at the moment, like I'm going all the way back to basics. The last time I left off deadlift, I deadlifted for fucking months. I walk into a gym with Sean Logan. Granted, it pulled a two shitty two eighty, but it still pulled it. You know, having hadn't deadlifted for six fucking seven months. Yet you try and put me under a bar now. Everything's fucking alien. It's like starting again, and that's a really shit thing to actually to go go through again. Um, when you've got it in your head that do you know what, I've earned that before. Yeah, but you still have to keep cashing your fucking checks. You can't just do it fucking once and you're set for life. We're not in that position. You know, being strong doesn't make you the fucking multi-millionaire of being strong, man. You know, all it is is you've earned your paycheck. So if you want to keep being strong, earn your fucking paychecks along the way. And that's exactly what I've, you know, even I'm having to do at the moment. You know, and again, I'm not posting them because no one wants to see a fucking sweaty old man pulling 220 looking like he wants to shit himself and die. But I will keep doing that for volume. I will keep doing that for repetition. And I'll keep doing it until, you know, those magic numbers come up and everything, you know, because at the moment I'm training in tens. And you know how fucking desperately horrible that is. You know, when you're training in volume of 10 all the time, it doesn't take too much to deplete you. So those numbers aren't great going up. But I will be honest, the resilience factor is building. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I think uh, a lot of people will under... That's what I'm saying about about this phase for people who were who were doing it, um, who were training at home. Like that, the, they can underestimate the 
the resilience that they can be building now. Like, like yeah. say, for instance, if you 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 did like a lot, if you could, if, if you had a band and you didn't have a, your access to your bench and your goal in whatever eight, eight weeks or something was get to get to get back building your bench and you're doing what you want to be doing a strength block on the bench or whatever, and you had no access whatsoever, like. Just think of all the, all like the the banded stuff, the scapular stuff you could do with the band, and the all the press up variations, high, yeah. rep, you know, like the the volume stuff that you're doing now, tens or whatever. And I know it's not going to be the same stimulus as as having a bar in your hands, but yeah. in terms of like resilience of your your wrists and your elbows, your yeah. shoulders, and all you. Well, that's it. You if you sing the press ups I do, they are they're on my knuckles. There's a specific reason why I do them on my knuckles. I push as if I'm going to bench. Brilliant. Yeah, you know, I will change the alt. I will alter. I will put step one hand up. I work to forty-five degrees. Um, and, and again, you want if you've got no fuck all else to do, go onto YouTube, put Sally up in, and then do some press ups to that. See how fucking far you get. Because I tell you what, if if the first time you do it and you get past two minutes thirty, I'll give you a fucking round of applause. And if you if you can't do that after fourteen days then you've not worked fucking hard enough. But there you go. There's something that you can crack the fuck on with because that's there. Do bodyweight squats. You know, and if body squat, bodyweight squats are too fucking easy, go and grab a carrier bag and when your washing is done, take the wet washing up, put it in your carrier bag and hold it around your fucking chest. Then do bodyweight squats with that bag and then do sally up to that because you will be fucking burning absolutely burning and the thing is each time it might be just a little bit on the body but it's a hell of a lot on the mind but if you can keep doing things like that and saying do you know what i pissed it the first time i'm going to make this harder do that every single time make things harder we literally seek ways to fucking make things more uncomfortable more unpleasant why because when you get to that point in the competition of where you are maybe torn a callus out. Maybe you've turned a fucking ankle. Maybe you've cracked a fucking rib. You know, when you're in that point of pain, when everything is going south and every part of you wants to escape, train yourself to operate in an area where everyone else wants to escape it and you fucking thrive. Brilliant. Uh, right, let's move, up, move on to um, talking about this, the state of uh, state of open-class strongman. So. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who are your t um, top five Brits at the minute in the open class? As in currently in terms of their performances? Or yeah. my, my uh, pick? Say, my say, pick. Hey, for instance, if, if, world, if, if, um, if Worlds was happening and, uh, and just Im imagine that everybody in, forget, forget who's qualified or whatever, like, if 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 everybody who is training at the minute could qual yeah. compete, who would your your top five Brits be in terms of who do you think would do uh, do the best? Well, I'd love to throw Hicksy in there, but I can't because he's not competing for strongman at the moment. He's doing log only, um, which is a shame because I actually think he's at a point in his life now, and I know he has the you know the, the, the sort of time issues and the juggling, but I've watched him especially in the last 24 months and it's not the physical progression that's made him a bit special and a bit dangerous to everyone else I think there's a mental application as well he's got more comfortable in his own skin I think he knows a little bit more about himself and that I wouldn't say he's the most naturally outwardly confident person but he's starting to realize now that he's dangerous he's starting to realize how fucking strong he is that makes him very very useful very tidy as an athlete which is a shame because I like watching him compete but as I say, he's in, the, he's in the, the log only sort of category at the moment, and obviously powerlifting's there for him. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him do, do a full comp again. I'd love to see Yeah, I'll be happy once he does it because I think that's where I've, I'll just get rid of that bird off my fucking roof. <laughs> it just, I thought something was going to come through my roof then, but it's just the birds having, I think the pigeons are fucking on my roof. And if I'm not having any action, they can't either, so they've been told to piss off. Um, Obviously, you've got to start at the top, and the person that's won Britain's strongest man and looks like he's starting to to sort of dig in on that position is, is Adam Bishop. Yeah. Um, he showed in Bradenton that he belongs to be there. Um, 
he can he can make the odd little mistake. And for someone that's so cerebral, um, it's it's often we've seen it before with log, we've seen it with uh, overhead, and we saw uh, and we saw it with the carry event. That sometimes he just throws himself out, and I think that's down to self expectation. He has all the tools and the attributes. He's probably one of the best. He is repetitively is one of the best deadlifters on the planet um, in terms of technical ability because you know anyone that the crossover and exchange with Mark Felix for that that mantle uh, is no bad thing but I know everyone's going to say Mark got old no Bish got fucking good that's what happened um, and he's beautiful to watch on that um, the only thing um, with Adam is that I think there's an aggression line there but I don't know sometimes when you watch him how much he can tap into. I think you see it. I think this period of time might be the one thing that's very, very good for him because he's training at the moment. He's picking out some obscure stuff to do, like the silver dollar and stuff like that. That's just because you fucking want to do it. And it's an uncomfortable thing to set up. It's a bit of a piss around and stuff like that. If he's starting to do this and it's become fun, then yeah. I, do you know what? I reckon he might level up a bit. So he's definitely there. Um, Tom's a fucking unit. That's good. Yeah, Tom. Tom Stockman is just an absolute fucking unit. He seems to be growing daily, but he's he, and again, we can't forget that he's just a kid. He's what twenty-five years of age. Um, he's an absolute monster of a boy. Um, and more and more time that he spends around these bigger competitions, uh, the less mistakes he's making, the more you know consistent he's becoming. Uh, so that's getting better and better as, as time goes on. His brother, who I think has sold himself short personally a few times, has started to clue on, do you know what? My time in this sport will be over quickly because of my age. I need to capitalise on what, how fucking very, very good I am. And how, do you th how do you think he sold himself short sometimes? Because if you go back, everything from the last two years prior, yeah. Luke would push Tom to the forefront. Yeah, and this. Is, but by the way, I, I'm just probing you to see if you yeah, yeah, think yeah, exactly thinking what that. I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. And it's I think he's absolutely I'm, fucking unreal. By the way, Luke, I think he's yeah, yeah, oh, mate, he's he, like there's been dialogue and conversation backwards and forwards. Um, and Luke's as you know, as much as it's probably the bane of his fucking life, Luke has had messages from me personally, been face to face when he's been told exactly the same. And also what he brings to the sport as an ambassador in terms of what he does to represent strongman. Push yourself forward. People want to fucking see it. For the Tom can take care of his own. I know you're being big brother, but you're a fucking athlete in your own right. And at the moment, in terms of overall package, he's one of the best. Full stop. And that's not in the Britain. That is in the world. You know, he proved that at WS in Dubai um, against very, very stiff competition in awkward circumstances at times. Luke is the fucking real deal. And I love the fact that now he's starting to get a bit ahead of steam, which is good. He does the right thing in terms of he takes what he does seriously, but he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's a fucking dangerous man. Um, and yeah. I still think, I genuinely still think that if, if he finds that extra gear, that title actually probably for the next two or three years could and should be his for Britain's. Um, mm. It's no disrespect to the other guys. It's just that when you look at an overall package and say, do you know what? He doesn't really have a weak event. His deadlift is up to a decent standard now. Uh, his log pressing, his overhead pressing is fantastic. His stone loading is as good as you're going to get outside, obviously, the Mateuses and the Hathors and Tom Stoltman. Yeah, his medley is um, great as well, aren't they? Yeah. So in terms, he's one of those guys where you, you look through the events and you go, well, he's going to be anywhere between second and third on, all, on most of these. And that's a fucking da that's a dangerous man because you look at the likes of your Novikovs and your Mateuses, you'll always pick out the weapons that he got to win. But when you look consistently through an event and you've got a guy that is capable of becoming second or third on every event, he's a fucking podium nail on. So the rest of it is down to chaos theory, shit luck, wherewithal and want. And because that boy's got a decent amount of want, you know, as I say, that's just down to him to how badly he wants it. So I think he's always it, there. Another thing that I, li I like about Luke as well is like exactly what you've just said about Bish, about um, him having a bit of fun and enjoying it. Yeah. Like, you can see that he just, just loves it. And I love the fact that he, him and Tom will like, just, co just compete all the time. 
my yeah they'll 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 go and do what was it they were doing worlds like really close to like scotland's strongest man or whatever it was like yeah and then you got um yeah so they, the qualifier, then you've got uh what was it uh the end of season tour then they've got to go up to scotland to do another thing and you know it is it is a short career it is a short career the heavy the heaviness of the competitions has increased but realistically probably going back to yesteryear we're obviously talking a couple of decades um but the frequency of competitions it is decreased because if you're in that sort of top echelon now you can pick and choose you can go to the bigger shows and you might only do five or six a year in comparison to likes of even probably travis when you know travis altmar when he was on the circuit you know you could be doing 10 20 you know and that's just because they're there to be done um, the rest of the boys, in terms of the Brits, you've got a load of boys which are all very capable. Ben Brunning, I'm absolutely gutted that he got injured prior to, well, got injured on the warm-up for deadlift at Brits because he was just starting to hit the ground in terms of you know finding a bit of a stride. And again, he's one of those dangerous fuckers where he doesn't really have a weak event. He doesn't have a standout, like a Lawrence Charley had a carry event or a, uh, or a yoke or a frame where he would just pretty much fucking own that event. Like a Terry Hollands had a truck pull, you know, and his stone runs were very, very good. Um, but Ben is always capable of being right in the mix for points. Um, and I think in terms of what we saw, we saw a very tired Ben Brunning at Bradenton, uh, not in Bradenton, in uh, Daytona. Um, but I think the rest are going. So, same at you, you, you were, um, at OSG. You were at, at Rotherham yeah. last year. You were there, weren't you? I competed in that, and um, I remember being really impressed with him there. Actually, yeah, he's, uh, he's he's just he started <clears> to <throat> click for him, uh, and obviously he sustained this really shit injury, um, which is not because it's so hidden, because it is so um, damaging to your confidence. I think that might take a little bit of time to get over. And I, I genuinely think it's, it shook him a little bit. Um, but in terms of his ability and, and the progression path that he was on, he was looking, he was looking very good. The other bloke at Britain's, which I'm really personally chuffed to see him start to fucking click at long last, and Aaron Page. Because yeah. Aaron, Aaron, that poor bastard, you know, and I say that because everyone's going to say, oh, yeah, but you're always going to speak of him because you sponsor him. Well, no, Aaron has been my mate since I first come into this. I've known him as long as I've known Lawrence and a few of the other lads. Aaron has taken the biggest amount of shit from me than probably anyone ever gives him. You know, I've hammered him for underperforming. I've hammered him for going missing in competitions. Um, and I've even questioned him a couple of times going into comps just saying, mate, talk good game. Now it's time to shut the fuck up and get on with it. You know, what people won't even be aware of, and this is a conversation I had to have with my friend, is that if you don't perform, you're done. I was going to put him into the win as far as like endorsements and sponsorship goes. If you don't perform, you're gone. That's my friend. But that's he knows the reason behind that. He knows what this is about. He knows that the expectation levels, and I obviously know behind the scenes the stuff that he's had to endure and go through. But no one is then going to be more pleased and proud of him when he finally clicks. And he started to show that at Britain's. His fucking log press at Britain's was, was brilliant. Yeah, it was standout. Yeah. Um, his endurance over things like medley, where he's prone to gas, is, is, is you know, 25-30% better. And he's doing that off of about nine weeks' worth of prep. I think that was good for his confidence, but it was good for him to actually feel a bit more complete in what he was doing. You know, he's performed well. He's performed well in the Arnolds, but he's not performed, I think, to the standard that he knows he can. And I think what's happened now is the door is ajar. He just has to decide now he's going to kick it down. And do you know what? I think he's going to do it. Um, I couldn't be more pleased as well, because as much as he's a big, scary-looking ginger gnome, you know, with all the, the fucking tied hair and, you know, tied beard and tattoos here, there and everywhere, and a fucking great eye on the back of his head, he's, he's a lovely lad. Um, he's a bit sexy in his own right, isn't he? Um, if that's your thing, uh, but no, he's. he's I've, just, I've heard, so supposedly. He's just, he's just, he, it'll always be. He's just my mate. He is. He's just my mate. 
and I, I, I can't. Yeah, he's been there at the very start. He's he's had my back. I'll, so, is it, so is that your top five then? Um, no, because Luke Richardson. <laughs> no, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were missing Luke. Go on no. then. Talk talk, no, talk no. to about Luke. I could. Li- I, I, I love uh, listening about Luke. I think he's amazing. Yeah, there's and there's... And, and again, just like um, b- before you even see his, see him lift or anything, I think just is like. His attitude is like his demeanour is spot on. Um, Remarkable. Yeah, um, there's not much I can't and wouldn't say about Luke in terms of, and he knows this. My my opinion on Luke runs personal um, because you're always looking, and when I start to do, you know set up with affinity, you're always looking for the person that is going to be the next. Luke isn't going to be the next anything. Even with his potential, he's not going to be the next Eddie Hall. He's not going to be the next Terry Hollands. He's not going to be the next Mark Felix. He's not going to be the next Lawrence Charlet. He's not going to be the next Zadrunners. Luke Richardson has the wherewithal and the capability to be the fucking best that has walked the earth. I make no bones about it. I granted it falls into the terminology of potential. And it seems like a stretch. But if you know about the sport, you know about the lifts, you know about the baseline strength levels you come in, and then you align it to someone that just, and loads of people talk about this, and this probably wrangle with some people that I've met along the way, they will talk about having that place that they can go to and just dig in. I have not seen the like as I have with him. He has something deep, deep inside of him, which... It may, he will die on a fucking platform before he quits. People will say that. He will. And he may look like some big baby face monster. But the very first time that I met him prior to handling at, at Europe's, as in OSG style Europe's, obviously we can't, he's, he's like 10, 10, 13 days out. We can't put through any strength tests or anything like that. But what I did is something that we're very similar to doing in, in terms of football, conditioning, cricket conditioning, or any form of that. It's basically, it's a little circuit uh, with carries. Um, it looks like it's got an end, but essentially you change one dynamic and it never ends. You just pick based on what you see in their eyes and how their body responds of, of when to fucking quit it for them. It's a, it's a signal, basically. Um, I watched him go through the pain barrier twice. I watched him get to the point of where his eyes were rolling in back and he was struggling to keep the tongue in the forefront of his mouth because he was starting to fucking draw that back in so fucking heavily he was going to choke. I then pushed him for one more lap, told him that he was in second place, he's eight steps behind, and fuck knows how, with the lactic that must have been running through him, he gathered pace. And when he was done and he dropped to the ground... Like, you couldn't go in near him. He sucked the fucking oxygen out of the room. But there was... It's almost like he was then returned to, like, a normal person. But there was something in him that just drove him forward. And I saw it again in Daytona. There was no person that completed that medley in any way, shape, or form that got quicker at the end. That was an awful medley. And yeah, yeah, Luke, I remember that. Luke I remember did. thinking how much he'd improved. It was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, mate. What people won't see, and everyone says the same thing, yeah, but when I finish here, I'm going to go away and I'm going to train, I'm going to get my head down. Yeah, they probably do. And then on the Thursday night, they might nip off out for a beer, they might nip off out for a bite to eat, and they might go to the cinema, and they might do this and they might do that. He won't. He will be there, pissing down in the rain, grafting like some fucking cutscene from a Rocky movie. Because there's something so inherently buried in him to accomplish this. Yeah. I, as I say, I have not seen it in... There's only a couple of people I've met along the way. One's a racing driver and the other one's a guy that's lifted the ashes. You know, there is something in him. It's just that it's so peculiar to find it into someone that's so personable. You normally find it in, like, the really, you know, automaton fucking you know almost no personality yeah, mutants yeah. that just have no one around them whereas he is he has got character he's got a real bit of charisma about him he's likable he's actually lovable in the way that he goes about it he's got a great sense of humor 
But I'll tell you what, when that switch develops, that is a man that is going to surpass, he is capable of surpassing every record that stands. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what I've been so impressed with because I've, I've followed him for years, like in, in the uh, IPF with powerlifting and, um, yeah. and then uh, I was excited to see his transition over and then I watched, watched some of his training and I was thinking, buddy, oh, like, he needs to work on that. And like, I could see it. Yeah. And he went and he did. <laughs> yeah, he went and that, worked on stuff that that what he wasn't. He wasn't. It didn't come natural to him. It didn't come easy no. to him. And he's like, like seeing him, seeing him do that medley at Brits where he was like, he was neck and neck with uh, Tom Stoltman, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, on beat, it, it was ahead of him um, after the first two inputs, I think, on the with the keg. I just thought, fuck. Like, yeah, I couldn't believe how much how much it improved. It was just like, like and when you think that's, that's a guy as well that's still acclimatizing to his body weight. You know, yeah, he's he's not he's not been at that weight for more than five minutes. Yet he's still acclimatizing, still improving. But that is that's the thing. I think Graham was has nailed this as well. He said this in the past in that I think Graham said there's not many people we sin that have picked something up, picked up cues so quickly. And it's one of the things that I think is quite remarkable about his approach. And, you know, the likes of Darren, the likes of his friend Richard, Mark McQueen, all these people deserve a little bit of praise because if they've blooded into this guy, the, the to sort of the manner in which he goes about his trade, then they deserve a huge amount of credit. But ultimately, it's on the man himself. But what he will do is he will sit there, he will watch, he will try it, and then he'll watch again, and then for some freakish fucking reason that on the second or third time, it's pretty much mirrored on what is perfection. It's just yeah. somehow he just manages to do it. He manages to piece it together because he is quite studied. As you say, technically when he first gets hold of something, he's, you know, same as everyone yeah. else. I, re I remember when he, um, he, he was just making the transition to started making the transition and it, um, it I was training at the same time in uh, Graham's gym, and uh, and I th I'm sure he was struggling. I'm sure he was struggling with like a 140 log loop. Yeah. And um, he was doing like 120, 130, and it looked looked good, solid. I remember yeah. him like really struggling with 140 and making a real meal of it. And then what's he done recently? 180, I think he's done. Yeah, 180 failed the 190. Yeah. Fucking. And you think yeah. uh, in in how in how short a space of time? Yeah, but the, yeah. The, that, that's, what, that's what's impressive. Like it can, you can see how he's just gonna, he's just gonna keep going. Like he's in. Yeah. What? What? Another thing that I think um, listeners can take from this as well, like Luke's attitude, even though that that he is so young, he's like, he's like, he's been, he has been, he's not just like picked up a few weights and that, and like, oh yeah, I'm really good at it, and decided to stick with it. He's he. He he's not good by chance, but no. he hasn't left anything by chance. This he's is like he, this he's is by design. Exactly, years totally and years. How many it's training good. cycles has he done to to even to even be IPF champ or whatever? Like, yeah. and to him that was that was the stepping stone to exactly where he is now. You know, yeah. his his goal, he, you know, from being around, being sort of like a kid in and around where people from world's strongest man would come in. His goal yeah. was to stand on that stage and to win it. Yeah, that, that's, a, I, that's a good thing that I like about him is the fact that yeah. he doesn't seem like he's in a rush either. He's like, he, he's, he's going to get, in my opinion, I yeah. think he's going to be the best and he's going to get to world's strongest man. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, just, and I think obviously he you need luck. You need luck on your side. Um, it, but in terms of, in terms of attributes and being around the sport, when you look at what's just walked through the door, because what is he, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, still? So he's about perfect in terms of height. You know, anatomically, you know, he's going to grow into his own body because it's only now at 22, 23 that he's going to solidify. You know, so he's now going to be in kind of like all the way into his 30s. He's just going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, he's... Uh, but it's just, he moves well for a big bloke. Lung capacity you know, will improve. Um, 
That's what I like about him. It will improve because yeah, he he's going to drive. He will make it improve. Yeah, again, it's like when you look at the people that have those attributes, they are the Martins, they are the Kielikowskis. They're the ones that have those attributes, and when then you align it to his base level of strength of where this kid's come in, I still remember him. We were talking at OSG, and he said, "Oh yeah, but I haven't done this yet. I haven't done that yet." I said, dude, I said, I don't worry about it too much. I said, you could go into this competition just worried about technique and you'd still excel because there are still people in open weight competition nowhere near the numbers you're hitting and you've just, you're just here in fucking month number, uh, month number seven. You know, it was obscene. You know, what's he pulling now on a, a fucking axle bar? A 400 triple? 400 for three, wasn't it? Yeah. 400 triple. Yeah. And, and again, if you looked at it and said, you know, if you were really, if you were properly talk, chalked up and dirty on it, you might actually get four to five. That's fucking horrible to think. And a second, how many people, you know, Christ, Hicksy recently, was it, we got 410 for a, was it a double? You know, mm. and that's arguably one of the strongest human beings on the face of the earth right now you know and he's he's just got that we got a 22 23 year old which is throwing up tin for fun you know but as i say there's so much that hinges on it i really really wish him well because there's something special about the lad and i think that if it's a case of if he does if he does well and he hits all the markers i don't think you're gonna have this brash you know shit talking strong man for decades to come i think you'll have someone that you can hang your hat on and say do you know what kids there's a guy that at one point had a fucking dream committed his entire life to it and realized it through hard work and application that's yeah. no bad message to bang out yeah that that he's got that that patience hasn't he and um he wants to do it right he doesn't want to rush things it seems yeah and um and the tenacity as well that you talked about was is such an important um, yeah characteristic like, for success in anything, really, isn't it? The um, the scenes after that medley at, at Daytona will stick with me for a long time for a number of reasons. Firstly, Kate Errington, Terry's missus, with beautiful nails and stuff, helping me rag his um, knee sleeves off because the guy is he looked like he was dying on the chair. It genuinely looked like we we're going to fucking lose him because he's sort of dipping and out and he was dipping and out of consciousness all the way through to getting him back to the to the apartment um but even him saying it is i don't know what i, I don't know how i did that it was almost like he just let himself go and let whatever was inside him take over um but being in that moment with ben dale all in the car and you know Dale Peters is a very good accomplished master has been out to, to Ireland for Ultimate Worlds that have been obviously you know second at Giants Live but we're all sat there going what the fuck is in the front of the car you know because he's he, he was like a different you got some like the Wesley Claiborne's were all there mate he fucking blew him into the weeds you know blew him into the weeds and yeah this, what, watch it, it on the live stream it was oh, um, incredible magic man yeah, absolutely incredible. And they say, Britons, if you, were to, if you were to look at it, you know, and be really hypercritical, he, we know he's going to make mistakes. It's his first Britons, he's going to be nervous as fuck. But knowing what he can actually do, he fucked loads of things up and he came fourth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Team with the duck walk. 200 kilo duck walk. He tripped, still managed to catch himself. He was just, he was actually, do you know what he could have done? It was too fucking light for him. Hmm. And to think, to think of it, think of the only guys that came ahead of him were Stoltmans and Bish. Yeah. Like it's yeah. absolutely fucking the ridiculous. Isn't detailed it? guys that are making world strongest man finals, and you've got some absolutely fucking ham-fisted, clumsy unit running around dragging it, you know, like a like a toddler with a toy. You know, that's because because that's what he was in. He was in sort of like, I don't want to fuck this up. I've got so much to sort of lay down. You know, he wasn't himself, but. It's again, it's one of those ones where you measure the athlete by saying, right, okay, if we were to rerun this tomorrow, and all the thing, the only thing that's changed is, you know, your body's reset, your, your energy levels are reset, you, you know, no injuries, but you've just got the wherewithal and you've got the mental capacity to understand what went before. You have that experience. Mate, you'd have been podium without a fucking shadow of a doubt. 
because everything else is there. And that's really fucking worrying for anyone else. You know what I mean? Because you can look at your performances. Terry was genuinely lucky. You know, Terry made a mistake with Tacky, you know, he, he, or, or his sleeves. He, you know, he made a fucking schoolboy error, which happened. You know, so he'd make up a couple of places, but that's it. But that's on one event. But when you can look at someone and say, do you know what, with that tiny bit of experience, where could you have made points? And you go for it and you say, well, actually, you could probably make two there, probably one there. And you come at the end of it and think, well, you can make fucking five or six points here. Yeah. That's a really dangerous athlete. Right, I could uh, li- listen to you talk about this yeah. topic all, all, all day. So we'll we'll uh, we'll fi- finish off there with um, a li- well a, li- a little bit about your your products. Um, yeah, prom- ah. pro- go on. T- tell us what what can um, what can the listeners get from you? What do you have anything for sale on the website or yeah? Well, in terms of well, oh, yeah, it kicked about just because support you. To- yeah, well, to be fair, I can't ask for much better support than I already get. You know, once, especially once this all hit, the amount of people that placed orders for stuff that they probably didn't fucking need. I had lads that have, have got power up and they bought it like a week prior. There's 50 servings in there and they're buying two or three tubs at a time. So the support that I've had has been fucking monumental and I've, I've made sure that they understand how how much that has meant because it has literally kept the fucking lights on at a time when I didn't know whether I'd exist or not in a month's time. Um, but yeah, it was just everything I've done here is just a passion project. You know, I talk about power up. It's a really fucking simple thing. It's creatine, beta aniline, betaine and astrogen. And yet it's one of those ones where I know that you can probably go out to my protein, buy all of them for pretty much the same amount of money, but I made it a certain way and I made it, in this sort of pint power potion in the morning so you can get more fluid in because i looked at the mechanisms in which we work and how we operate but you know what i was just fucked off with one thing running out and then not being on a shelf and then i've got to order this got put nine things into a tub then give it a shake and i'll oh, fuck that i just wanted simplicity i wanted things to run a certain way so that you know ingredients like creatine where you've got a hip saturation point you're going to get people closer to the line by doing it by making it simple and then everything else was a case of not hiding behind prop blends. If you just buy the best fucking ingredients that you know A plus B, uh, A, one plus one equals two, then you know that you end up with an end result. Let's not overcomplicate it. Let's just get people better at what they do. Because ultimately, my friends are at worlds. My friends compete at the fucking highest level. I have to look them in the eye when they take it off me, saying, this will help you. It will do its job. So that's kind of how it came about and obviously you know it is it is growing rapidly and it's fucking brilliant because it do, means do you have any can, of your do you have any of your bags in stock at the minute or not the bags there's only mate, there's about five there's about five left um when all and this where, hit where can they, people get this um is it what's your website it is iamthecaveman.com there's plenty yeah, of little really. sling bags, little training bags for people that sort of hop off, um, you know, for a, a bit of light training. But the rest of the bags will hopefully be available in a barrel, I think, because they're now having to come by container ship. Um, so I think that's going to be about three weeks' time. I was panicking because the particular port that they were held at when the whole of the country shut down got looted. So basically a year's worth of savings for a year's worth of bags, I genuinely thought I'd lost a lot because there were no reports. Yeah, so that is that is why, like, I had three days when all this kicked off thinking to myself, I'm fucked, I'm done. That's me in the wind um, because that's, you know, a year's worth of revenue gone in a fucking, you know, heartbeat. So, but thankfully we found out that one of the containers is intact, so there is something there. They'll be here in about three or four weeks. The rest of it from pre-workouts to... The, the type of smelling salts that we've put together with, you know, kick in the dick and cock punch. Um, I do like to have a bit of fun with my names, but no, it's, it's, it's all. So for, so for the people who, do, who don't know you already, um, yeah. who, so can you let us know some of the, some of the guys who trust your product and use your bags and um, some of the guys that they might've heard of? Uh, well, Lawrence, Lawrence has been with me from the very start. He's now, he's now had to sign up with Cerberus full stop. Um, yeah, it's, that's a financial decision of which I completely understand. I'm a small business, but Lawrence has been with me from day one. Aaron Page has been with me from day one. Um, Ryan England, um, 
has been with me from day one. Andrea Thompson has been with me from, I think, the end of my first year. Uh, and still, you know, I think every, even the agents are still trying to find people different fucking pro, uh, sponsors and they still stick by me. Um, Evan Singleton, the American, who has just been one of the best people to fucking work with, you know, in terms of like, he's, he's like a, a younger brother. Um, you got people that are kind of important to me. Uh, someone I helped who has then helped me in return, uh, Eddie Old's training partner, Luke Fulbrook. Um, he's important to me because of the, some of the, we've been through some similar shit and I think having him part of what I do, being able to articulate to people that are going through, you know, particularly bad times is important. Um, and with Lawrence having to sort of move on, I needed, uh, and I'm sorry, mate, for if you hear this one, uh, but I needed that um, validation, wealth of experience, and Delroy McQueen was the only person that I would have trusted with it. Um, so Delroy's uh, on board. The other people that have been part of all this as well, and they deserve a, a tip of the hat, is people like Graham. Um, Graham, Graham Hicks has been like... <laughs> bless yeah but graham hicks has been part of this journey as well hello little little rosy cheeks um i know you can only hear this but there is a very very sweet baby with little rosy cheeks in front of me at the moment uh wondering why there is a big man on the tv with a squirrel on his face um but uh no there's there's been a number of people that have been involved there's a number of people i think the proudest moments really of sitting in a world's strongest man finals tent and seeing your product in four kit bags, um, watching Rob Kearney, watching Rob Kearney, you know, break the American record on Primal AF, watching Hixie break the British record on uh, Primal RLF, and you think, well, I've only been around for two years. Um, it's been it's been enjoyable, but it's the start. We'll be all right. It will be all right. So that that's fantastic, mate. So if if you can. Um... If you can go and um, support Marcus by going to his website, what do you say? Iamthecaveman.com. Iamthecaveman.com, and I will spend it on cake and donuts, so you're just going to make me fat, so thanks for that. So go and get some of his um, his supplements, and um, did you say you've got fi five bags in stock? Only five. Yeah, there's only five kit bags in stock at the moment. There'll be about, well, there's, there's 1,050 on their way. <laughs> so, oh, wow. so we're... We'll be all right. Yeah, we did have 400, 457 in the first quarter this year. Um, but, yeah, everyone aside from Hathor uh, in the top 50 in the world have, have had or have a caveman bag. Brilliant. So make sure you go and uh, go to the website and get your uh, cave bag, caveman bag ordered. I'll right, do, it or do, it or do it or don't do it. Do what you fucking want. I'm not going to pressure anyone. Um, but if you walk in with an Under Armour one, you're an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks no worries, for coming Steve. on and um, sp sparing us your time. That's <laughs> <all> <laughs> <give> you, <laughs>